Good morning, Mission Vineyard. Uh, my name is John Arelli, and here with you is Randall Pinnell. And uh, we have the great opportunity to come to you this morning online. Uh, it is not fun that COVID has continued to spread the way it is. Uh, we're taking every every precaution that we can while trying to engage as much as we possibly can. In fact, the whole series that we're beginning today is called Fully Engaged. So uh, we're not going to stop engaging just because of what's going on in the world. We're going to continue to engage. It might look differently. We're going to pivot in different ways, uh, just the way that people do when things come up in their own lives. So we're going to pivot here uh, for what's going on in the church as well. So uh, Randall, today we get to share this time instead of people hearing just one of us. They get to hear from both of us. So we get to take double the time. That's oh. the rule. Did you know that? Did not know that. Uh, I don't know if that makes me feel better or worse, but <laughs> we've done this before live at the church, and that was very fun. And, yeah. and you've done it with uh, David Craig, uh, maybe others, and those are. Yeah. Uh, I really, I really like this format. So thank you for inviting me to do this, and uh, it's great. So it's January second, January second. I have a new year, twenty twenty two. Uh, we're recording this just a little bit earlier, so we don't know exactly what's happened in the news this morning. We can't comment on that. Uh, but uh, it is the season, as far as the church calendar is concerned, we are uh, entering into something called Epiphany. We're coming away from Christmas and, and going into Epiphany. So, uh, you know, I, I would love for you to take some time to talk to us about Epiphany. And then I'm going to talk to folks just about how epiphany really speaks into our vision for the year and then uh this series fully engaged has a lot to do with uh peter and how he responds to jesus we're going to talk about that and uh, and and we, we really do feel like people are are being asked a question from the lord today so we're going to talk about that as well uh but just for the sake of everybody listening and everybody uh, being a part of this, uh, we are going to post some questions that you can type into uh, as well. You can um, reflect back on that uh, missionvineyard.online church platform. Hopefully that's helpful to you. Or if you're on YouTube, you can reflect in the in the comments there as well. Um, but Holy Spirit, I ask in the midst of all this that you would come. Thanks for worship this morning with Ethan, even and Ethan and Eva. Um, Double E, God. Thank you so much for uh, them lead, leading worship this morning. Thank you for the opportunity to have a church that's so flexible, nimble, and so gospel-centered that they want your good news uh, in their hearts and in the world. God, we ask that you would create a space this morning for encounter, that we would fall in love with you deeper, Jesus, and that we would, um, you would show us, and that you would. Uh, Help us, God, engage the world in your heart, Lord, with your love. In Jesus' name we ask. Amen. This whole uh, year, actually, Randall, you've helped us organize just a little bit differently as far as our sermon series are concerned. We're not just, it's never just anything. We really do pray a lot every year about what the Lord might be calling us to, but uh, it really did seem like the Lord was asking us to dig deeper into the church calendar beginning with Epiphany. So tell us just a little bit about what Epiphany is all about. Yeah, Epiphany uh, typically, and we're going to change that a little bit, is the Sunday after Christmas. Yeah. Uh, it is um, single Sunday, and one of the things we're doing this year is expanding that a little bit through this whole series. Epiphany, the word itself, it's a Greek word, uh, means unveiling or revelation and it's called epiphany because uh it is focused usually out of the scripture matthew 2 and the visit of the magi to to uh after jesus's uh, birth uh and what is so important is not just that the gentiles have come in the form of the magi uh but that they have they represent in many ways the entire world coming to Jesus. Uh, one of the, the things that kind of in, intrigued me about it, and one of the reasons I wanted to 
uh, or suggested to you that we spend a little bit more time starting the year with Epiphany uh, is because it is, in my opinion, and the way we've talked about it, very much about in the engagement of God's people, the Son of God, in this particular Matthew 2, uh, with all those who are outside of Israel. Uh, it's, it's interesting that, uh, that they came to seek this newborn king, uh, and, and yet you, you see in this story that at the same time Jesus is born, no one else is really looking for him. Uh, it, you know, it, they were those who had already been chosen, already been called. In other words, God's people, the chosen. Uh, some of them had, God had revealed beforehand, uh, Zechariah, you know, his wife Elizabeth, and certainly Mary and Joseph. Uh, and when this birth occurs, the, the uh, shepherds themselves. Uh, but I was doing a little reading and uh, one uh, re person reflected that there are those already chosen, called by God, and they felt they had no need to search yeah. for this Messiah. Yeah. And King Herod, of course, he, he feared for his throne. So he had this and through his, though his fear was unwarranted, um, given that Jesus was to be a different kind of king, then he wanted to kill Jesus. So Epiphany, first and foremost, we'll get more into this when we get into Lent, but it seems to be a truth about us as humans many times, our human nature, that we can easily become locked into our own way of thinking and not allow even the least bit of new light to enter into our lives. Mm. And so as you approach Epiphany, I think as, as, as we're going to talk about more, it's really engagement, but it's not engagement as an act to check a box for us. It's yeah. not to engage just to convert. It's not to engage just to say what we're doing, but we're engaging in such a way that we're loving God because yeah. we're loving on the people that he loves. And yeah. if we are these people of God, then we not only do not take that for granted, uh, we want to love him, and what's the best way to love him but to love those whom he loves, whom he died for, and that's race, creed, color, nationality, anything. And so yeah, yeah. Uh, there's, a, there's a mandate there, but as, as, I, as I said, we have to overcome our own human nature that we've kind of got our relationship with God, so what can I do? To make you happy with me, God, rather than what can I do to to show you I love you, but even more, what can I do to love you more? And and what? Go ahead. One of the most challenging parts about that is, is the sense. Sorry, I'm, I'm interrupting, but it's you. Oh. You've, you've hit something so powerfully for me. God chose people from outside the faith to reveal Himself to them. So there's something about this engagement, this 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 desire for God to to engage those that are outside of the culture. I'm I'm wondering for me as a pastor, especially, right. is could God be teaching me something more about Himself through people who don't know Him right now? Is that is that the blessing for me that He could be bringing people around me that don't know Him at all, right? For the sake of me getting to love Him more. Exactly. Exactly. It's, it's if we can look into the eyes of someone, any other, but especially those that we might in our, can I say, sinfulness, decide that they're the thems in our life right. versus us. Yep, yep. We've talked about this before. If we all go all the way back to Abraham's call, uh, he's going to bless Abraham, but not to make him better than anybody else. He's blessing him so that he can go and engage all the nations, all the peoples. And yeah. so the boundaries are, are non-existent. They're, they're there. And that echoes even God's mandate in creation when he created mankind in his image, uh, in their image, actually, he said, let us make man in our image and go and um, multiply, be fruitful and fill the earth, which is automatically uh, a, a great deal of, 
uh, we're just not the same. And we've grown up in different territories. We have different languages. But there is a piece of him in every culture in this world because all the people in this world are made in his image. Now, we don't always act like that. But you and I have talked a little bit a time or two about you and I as Christians. We have the special revelation of all the scripture and, and the gospel of Jesus and all of that the scriptures tell and our own experience with him, with the Holy Spirit, etc. And that in theological terms is called special revelation. You don't get that just by waking up. But there's also general revelation that we read about in the scripture where God is revealing himself. Paul talks about it in the first part of Romans. There's so much in just observing of God that Paul says people who've never heard about Jesus can be held accountable. That, that's going down one road, but it also means that these folks have some a general revelation of God. And think about it. If all you've got is general revelation, you might know more about general revelation than I do because I'm so focused on my special revelation. So in this going and engaging and, and loving on others, just as you said, they might be able to teach us something that, that in their experience that they've seen more vividly in general revelation about God in the world, God is creation, but could we in our engagement also respect that they're in God's image and we might just learn something from them. And as we're trying to love on them to show them God's love, if they respond to us, who's to say that God would not be loving us back? Cause that's, that's what Jesus came to do. So there's a great opportunity here for us. Now we're not talking about specifics. We're just talking about the opportunity of this kind of, in engagement, you know, to, to, to love people, uh, that way, uh, that, uh, we can, we talked about it before to engage, to outreach, to dialogue, to, to serve and to love. And we, we spent some time in a previous series about doing that out loud and even out louder, uh, not just because we're raising our voice, but we're, we're, we're communicating to them that God loves them. And we're communicating it publicly, because if we go after everybody, just think what the testimony is. It's much more like Jesus's testimony. There wasn't anybody he didn't go after or that he yeah. couldn't go after. And it was usually the, the least, the last, the lost, all of that. But more importantly, the least expected. And yet that's where he went. So to love him and to experience his love and to love with his love on others you know epiphany really opens a great doorway for us um and for our church i think uh, that's but I, I i feel it personally too so this season epiphany we're we're naming it as as this place of engagement of a reminder of god's call to us but god's invitation to us to see him um to see him through how he's engaging other people in the world not necessarily people that are inside the religious circles but outside uh, and, re and revealing himself to them and how we can learn more about his love for us and how we can learn more about his heart just his heart through them uh we didn't name this exactly but out of matthew chapter two what we're talking about is the three wise men that are visiting jesus these are specific people out of persia we think right that's right that are, are coming to visit Jesus that aren't in the religious circles. In fact, they come to the religious king, right? To Herod, who wants to kill Jesus. He doesn't want a, a, another king competing with him. Right. And they have to hide Jesus, really. They have to lie to him about what's going on it, because they really know that Jesus is the king. And when they see this sort of religious competition, uh, they realize that, no, this is not good. We know that God has revealed himself to, to us in such a special way. Um, gosh, what a powerful, powerful story. That's um, real. It's absolutely that God wanted as part of his beginning on the earth, his incarnation. Yeah. Well, just the depth and the breadth of that warrants more than one Sunday. <laughs> if, if, you know, I guess I'm trying to, you know, ration, uh, rationalize 
my suggestions about this, but <laughs> you know, I, I, the the more I ponder this, the more it's just so so difficult to imagine ignoring it. And technically, by our calendar year, it's the beginning. But as I look at the the church calendar, it really begins with Advent because it mm-hmm. begins with Jesus, and then everything else is reactionary to that Epiphany, and then. As, as we see those seeking and we seek, we do continue, like we said a little earlier, we have to reflect on ourselves, who we are, and uh, repentance or, or, or just to, to focus more discipline ourselves more for spiritual formation that we do there and uh, Ash Wednesday. But then we hit Easter, and that's, that's the rest of the gospel, of course, but it transforms even what Jesus has done just in his birth, but his resurrection and his uh, and then immediately in Acts, you see Jesus, uh, uh, the disciples of Jesus. I'm thinking of, of Philip goes and finds an Ethiopian on the way because he's a eunuch. He couldn't get in the temple because if you were marred or in any way damaged that way, you weren't yeah, unclean. Yeah. And he's reading Isaiah. I mean, and he just he asked for, you know, can you tell me what this means? What prevents me from being baptized? And then you see Peter with the, uh, with Cornelius. So you're seeing basically the two segments of the outside world to Judaism. You've got the, the folks that are not Roman, and then you've got the Romans. So that's everybody. So there's some diversity there. There's some, some damaged goods, as it were, in, in the Jew, Judaism's eyes for the eunuch. But yet, man, you know, God directs by his spirit. Uh, Philip just to go there and encounter him so you see how much more powerful and how much more agile the gospel is and how impactful it is that uh, I mean it, it's just this just opens a big door uh, for well, it, for us it, it, for me it tells us something about our own parts okay yeah. Faith can develop in all kinds of ways, especially Christian faith. My own heart, okay? My own faith can develop uh, in scripture reading, and I can listen to all kinds of sermons. And uh, man, I love worshiping. I love listening to Christian worship. That's fantastic, right? right? There is not a better, I've not felt more full, alive, more fully engaged than when my faith gets to be expressed and interchanged with somebody who's just on the cusp of faith. So uh, I'll give you an example. Uh, I mean, well, we have the example from the scriptures. I mean, th- here we are, you know, these Persian guys, they're, they're coming from a far away, and they want to en- engage Jesus. If they don't have any religious structure they feel like they have to engage. They don't care about the governmental system of Israel. They don't care about Herod's place in the world. And so there's nothing that, of that that they need to attend to. Everything that they're doing is just out of love for Jesus. They had an encounter. That's all that mattered. I had an encounter with God. He invited me to see him face to face. That's all I care about. So for me, like it's it's those moments. Every time I'm in a, a discussion with somebody who's unchurched or has been away from the church for a time, and yet they have this desire to see Jesus. That it's like it, I feel like it cleans my heart. Now, yeah. those those conversations don't happen unless I actually have them. Like people don't know that I want to have those conversations unless I I have those conversations, and so it takes some boldness out of me. But for for me, I, I as we begin this year, and I'll transition a little bit out of, out of the Three Kings story here. Uh, the, we do have this vision for this year, but it comes out of a real desire that there wouldn't be any hindrance to loving Jesus. There wouldn't be any Herodian, Herodian, I'm using Herod. There, there wouldn't be, a, you're welcome, big religious word. There's, we're not, you, there's no religious boundaries. We're not doing stuff in order to appease the religious systems. So God, God really really got to me this past end of the year, Randall, when we started listing all the things that we were doing as a church, all the quarterly things, all the weekly things, all the monthly things. And the Lord said, John, 
are you doing that for me? Are you doing that for you? I just, I just wonder if Herod would have had the same conversation with the Lord, how different things would have looked. I mean, he was holding up both the Roman structure of the day. He was trying to appease them with taxes and all this kind of stuff as king of the Jews, right? He was sort of a, a puppet king, right? And also trying to, to appease the Jews, say, well, no, you know, keep your religious stuff going on. This is good. And like lifting that up to such a degree that kind of, you know, made them feel, feel good about their own activities. Yeah. And because there's identity in activity. There really is. And so the Lord confronted me and he, and he said, John, are you doing it for me? Are you doing it so that you can get identity out of your activity? Yeah. So there's this encounter that the Lord had with me and, and, and he brought me to the scripture out of, out of Matthew six. And it's a scripture that, that, that will ground us for this whole series. It's Matthew six twenty one, where Jesus in the Sermon on the Mount, he says, wherever your treasure is, there the desires of your heart will be also there's another version of that um show me your treasures and i'll show you where your heart is yeah show me your treasures and i'll show you where your where your heart is and so the lord just showed me oh john it sounds like your treasure even after two years of back and forth with covid and being in person and things being canceled and all this kind of stuff he showed me john your heart is still in the activity and it's, and it's not for me, not that the activity is bad, right. not that worshiping God with amazing, grandiose gestures like the, like the Jews had. That wasn't bad in itself, but the heart, he confronted me about my heart, Randall. Yeah. yeah. This, so the series, Fully Engaged, is really about how to live in a way that's stripping away all the reasons why we would normally do things. Right. I mean, we have, I, I'm, I'm confronted even about the way I parent. Why are my kids, why are, why are their bedtimes at nine? Is it because I just want them to go to bed? <laughs> Control. Yeah. yeah. Or, or, Honest, all or is it <laughs> out of love for them? Right. Yeah. Or, or is it out of love for the Lord? Am, am I, am I, are we doing activities as a church? out of a desire to still be a quote-unquote active church or is it out of real love for him is this discussion randall so that we can have something on sunday uh, or is it really th that we have this expression randall we've been talking about this for months in right. one way or another we love the lord in such a way that we really want for our church mission vineyard to be a place where jesus is welcomed in all of life but that as we, over the last years, what we've really focused on is encounter, 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 encounter. Well, what would it mean for us to, to actually capture those encounters, but not as an end to themselves, but as a way of introducing falling in love with Jesus? And then out of falling in love with Jesus, real engagement in the world. It's been a missing piece, I think, in our church. I think the Lord's inviting us into, it's not been missing like we've been bad or something like that, but I think the Lord wants to give us something of now is a season, a special season for you, where I want you just to fall in love with me. Just love me. Now, in this whole discussion, this has brought up um, a favorite book that you and I both have called In the Name of Jesus by a great author named Henry Nowen. And within there is, he highlights a conversation with Peter disciple of all disciples of Jesus, right? And, and the way that he, he talks about love with the Lord, with Jesus. And talk, talk to us. I mean, the, the way you've been just passionately, as we've been having these discussions, would you just bring this out? There's a scripture that folks can engage with it too. You bet. Um, yeah. That book and the life of the beloved are two of his that kind of go hand in hand. But this is specifically, uh, you know, the, 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 Subtitle is Reflections on Christian Leadership. Uh, and, I, and I think it's so important the way uh, he talks about that scripture in, in, in John 21, 15 to 19. And this is, you know, after Jesus has already died, a bit in the tomb, has been resurrected, and he encounters his disciples 
up around the Sea of Galilee. And, uh, you know, this is after Peter has betrayed him three times and, and they've scattered and, um, you know, they're feeling bad. Judas has betrayed him even more so, has hung himself. And, and so he comes to Peter. And of course, we, we understand as we look through that story. And by the way, in John, this is the only occasion that this event is in the Gospels. So the, the, some of us might think of John, the disciple, as something of a rival to Peter. Uh, but, you know, they were in the inner circle together. But yet he brings this so as a brother, as a fellow disciple, so you know it had an impact on John as well, that here is Peter who's denied him three times, and, and Jesus comes, and he starts this conversation with, Jesus, uh, with Peter, and he says, do you love me, Peter? And you, you can read all of it. I won't take our time to read all of what he says there, but, but he says, Lord, you know I love you. Uh, and, and so he says to him, uh, you know, I love you. Then tend my lambs. And then, then after he comes back again and he says, Peter, do you love me? And uh, Peter's getting a little upset. Uh, he's feeling maybe attacked that Jesus doesn't think he loves him. And so he says, yes, I do. And then he says, then shepherd my sheep. Uh, so, you know, he's in the midst of commissioning Peter, but he's getting at the very heart of what it will take for Peter to do those things like tending his lambs and shepherding his sheep. And there's one to go. But what intrigues, and I don't want to get to be a language nerd here, but Jesus, <laughs> when he asked those first two questions, do you love me, Peter? He uses the word that we know in Greek, uh, agapao, or agape is the noun. Uh, if, you, if you really care, it's agapas in that setting. But Peter asks, answers him not with agape, love, but with phileo love, which we typically think of as brotherly love. Mm -hmm. but, but I see that as a little bit more than just brotherly love. It's the love of friendship. Mm. Uh, and so Peter answers both times to agape. Do you love me, Peter? Uh, you know, and agape is basically sacrificing yourself to love someone is to putting yourself aside, not taking anything selfishly, not thinking of yourself at all, not just lightly, but not at all and laying it out for others, just as Jesus did. Maybe yeah, there's no greater love, right? No greater love than you lay down your love for your friend, which is what Peter's been trying to say back to him. Maybe he's mimicking that because he's heard that before. But then Jesus, which is amazing, then says, Peter, do you love me like a brother? Mm. In other words, he turns his questions. OK, you've been talking about friendship love. I'm talking about self-sacrificial love. And so. Before I commission you, do you really love me that way? And then Peter, he's just, oh, my gosh, he's about to go crazy. You know, he's going to need a Xanax or something. So, <laughs> you know, I mean, you, you can imagine he's pretty, you know, emotional guy anyway. And then Jesus really lays it to him, you know, and, and now one brings that to him so well. Then he says to him, someone else will gird you which is an image that you're going to get to a place where you can't even take care of yourself and somebody else is going to have to dress you and feed you. And so you're not going to always have your capacities. And yeah, so yeah. He's, he lays this as a foundation for ministry. Again, as, as now one talks about it, reflections on Christian leadership. And so you're a pastor, uh, I'm a voluntary pastor, and uh, <laughs> you know, just just so everybody knows that I don't get money for that, which is good. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. But the point here, before we can do this, is the love we have for God is the the foundation for everything. 
It's not about I'm holding you responsible for doing this. I'm asking you, do you love me? And you answer me by how you respond to my love. And so this is a commissioning moment there. And we'll go later, I think, in this series, and we'll talk about some of those specifics. But do you love me? Do you love me? Do you love me? Regardless of then tend my sheep, shepherd, but those are all things that we want to do. But I'm not asking you to take responsibility for tending. I'm not asking you to take responsibility as a shepherd uh, because eventually you're not going to be able to do anything for yourself. Mm. Wow. Wow. What I want from you is your love for me. And if you Mm. love me, there's not anything you and I can do. So I think I think now one is just gets right to the heart there. And of course, we'll talk about it later. But Jesus, in a way, answers him, according to now one, out of his own sense of temptation in the wilderness with Satan. Right. So Jesus knows that there are temptations that even yeah. the son of God had to face to to be able to do the ministry God had called him to do. So I think now and tells us not only the, the essence of that love, but there are so many temptations around us for turning that ministry into a responsibility. Uh, check the box. Look what I did for you, God. Uh, and, and, you know, those poor saps over there, they need me. No, I'm doing this first and foremost and always just as Jesus talks to Satan, you know, that about the love of God, et cetera. And uh, I'm not going to tempt my father because, you know, my life is about loving him. And so he's asking us to love him in all those ways. So you and I, when we get activity bound, we're very much likely to develop responsibility for that. And the irony in my experience is the more responsible we feel, the more legalistic we become. Oh, yeah. And so he's trying to keep us away from that. He's actually telling us not only the means to do it, but the means to get over ourselves and not fall into that legalism of all those poor saps over there. And I'm better than they are. You know, the log and the speck kind of thing. Legalists get into that. So as a church, we need to do these things, yes, but we do not need to do them only as a responsibility out of our own efforts. It's, it is. So, yeah, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, I'm just going to say, if we don't do this out of our love for him, we're going to find ourselves on a wrong road somewhere. Yeah. It's really easy to, to lose the plot. That's right. I think that's what you've evidenced. And well, you, you and I have talked what you've shared with me and what you just share, shared a minute ago. And, I, and I'm not saying that because, oh, I don't have that problem, John. I mean, I, I've been doing this for years. Uh, one way or the other, academic dean, mm. pastor, interim president, those things. Okay, that's great on a resume, but God, every time, is going to say, yeah, 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 but do you love me, and are you loving me in the way you do those jobs? I'm not, I'm not well, going to ask you how responsible you are. I'm going to ha- ask you how loving you are of me. I'm going I'm to po- poke you a little bit here, too, because I know that you're in, in the season of retirement. And going through the stages of retirement. Like, what does it mean now to have identity outside of activity? What does it mean to lead into that love as as a completely different um, identity now? I, th- I think that this is this is the constant struggle of, of how we always we all each of us, no matter what stage of life, can lose the plot so quickly. I mean, for instance. I've got kids 11 and 14. Boy, don't I wish that they were in every activity. I would love for my children to know five instruments and be excellent at all the sports and uh, to be leaders and you know all of these things, right? And so I would love for them to just be piled on with all of the activities that were training them up in all of these ways. And we lose the plot. Uh, you know, for those that are retiring, for those that are, um, you know, engage in the highlights of their careers. Maybe you're in your 40s or 50s or 60s and you are just killing it in the workplace. It's really easy for that to become the thing. And we lose the plot. 
We lose the plot completely. If you're a follower, I mean, whether or not you're a follower of Jesus, none of this world is about what we can do in our productivity. Well, that's you, you, you hit the nail on the head for me. Um, I went through a stage in my life where I had to quit doing what I felt God called me to do. And uh, he, he got me another opportunity. And so my response was, you know, he's giving me this chance. So I've really got to make it worth his, my while his. And I've got this second chance to do this. And uh, I had notions of sort of workaholism anyway. So that allowed me to feed that. And the more I worked, the more opportunity I got and the more opportunity to, um, I guess you'd say, excel and uh, get better positions, get more acclimation, those things. And so as I began to realize I needed to retire a few years, we moved here in 2018 to retire. And I realized, man, I am not ready to retire. I don't know how I'm going to organize my life because every day I get up and I do certain things to manage my life, everything. So what am I going to do? And then I get this online school that asked me to help create it. Well, I just dive right back in. And then it just became for a lot of other reasons. uh, It became very clear. Now's the time for me to, to retire. And so once I embraced that and got a hold of it, what the first thing I discovered was how much I needed to work to have my identity in here. Wow. My identity is in my work. Well, that, that shocked me. Uh, and uh, it's taken me a good six to eight months to reflect and to get to it. And I finally have reached that I, the need there for some, some family stuff, but I needed God to talk to me in a very spiritual formational way uh, that it's time for me to love him and quit loving my work. Mm. Do you love me? It's such a, I just, the way that the Lord confronts our losing the plot is yeah. not with, all right, I've got a, I've got more activity for you, but it's different activity. It's religious activity. Now go be more religious and you'll be all better. He doesn't do that. No. He no. confronts us with himself. He says, do you, would you love me like a brother? Would you just treat me as if I'm family? Would you, would you, sh- would you see yourself? as having a full and complete new identity as family with me. And would that be enough? Instead of ha- loving out of obligation, instead of engaging your activity out of obligation, instead of trying to find some identity, there is more in, in, over the last few years. There's so many studies about how uh, young adults, teenagers, even preteens, the anxiety levels have gone up so high. Yes. The suicide rates have gone up so high because there used to be a way that people could accomplish some sort of activity-based identity within their young adult, um, uh, teenage years, college, high school, uh, even young career. So many people quitting right now because they're realizing there's no way they can get what they want to get. And that disillusionment is hitting a place in people's hearts. So what does it mean to fully engage now? There's no metric. Well, I guess I'll just be famous. I'll be YouTube famous. I'll be Instagram famous. I'll make a point in one way or another, or or I'll just be creative, which is a much healthier way than, I guess, uh, trying to, to find your way by the approval of other people. Although sometimes art can go that way as well. But Jesus, he doesn't confront us with, all right, now go be an artist because that'll solve your problems. All right, just quit school. That'll that'll solve your problems. He says, no, do you love me? Would you now, now that you've been confronted with this disillusionment, which for most people who lose their jobs, this is the gift of losing your job where you find out, oh, I can't define myself with this anymore. 
would you love me? Yeah, yeah. Well, and it's it's so freeing too to get to that place. I mean, I didn't realize I was bound in my work. So I have I'm I'm kind of old, so it's hard for me to say I've got boundless anything, but boundless hope that, you know, there's so many things that I that are available to me. People in my neighborhood talk to you about that and share a little bit in a sermon or two. Just the joy of being able to meet somebody at the mailbox going to it and just starting a conversation with them and seeing where it goes. Uh, once when I first started pastoring after Kay and I got married, had a friend, uh, well, not friend, we had a, a woman in our church and she was a piano player. She taught Sunday school for us. She had a little boy and her husband never came to church with her. So she said, uh, would you like you and your wife like to come over and have dinner with us? So, you know, I knew that was a setup. And uh, this fellow did, too, because we got there. To, you know, we ate and everybody was really friendly. And, was, and she said, well, let's go into the living room and have some dessert. And so we sit down and he says, uh, you know, I know you're here to talk to me about Jesus Christ, but I don't even know if there's really a God. And uh, so I'm not so sure that this this is going to be a very good evening. And, and so it was so clear because I know the Holy Spirit talked to me and I said, well, I tell you what, you know, I could spend all night trying to convince you uh, that there is a God. But I tell you, I think the easiest way to find out is I believe that God wants all of us to have a relationship with him. He loves us and there's not anything he wouldn't do to including dying on a cross so that he could have a relationship with us, including you. So if you're, if you're open to it, I'd like to just pray for you that if God really wants you, that he will show you that he's real. Yeah. And I said, and if he doesn't show you that he's real, I wouldn't follow him either. <laughs> I'd go hunting or I'd go fishing and then his wife was going oh my gosh that's what he's doing now <laughs> and so I said is that okay I said you got my number I'd love to have lunch with you sometime and just get to know you uh, but but I know God loves you but you don't believe in him so I think it's up to him what do you think and he goes well that sounds fair in about four days he called me and he said okay I'm ready to meet and so I didn't ask him what a guy did. We went on and on, uh, became really good friends. Uh, we learned to rock climb together. And uh, I, I could tell you more about it, but I won't, won't bother everybody. But I finally asked him one day, we were having coffee or something. I, I think we were coming back from rock climb. And I said, you didn't ever tell me what God showed you that he was real. So you got with us. He said, I didn't wait for him to show me because you wouldn't have said that. If you didn't know he loved me, and Whoa. I figured you must care a lot about me to wow. risk happen. And so that was not planned. That wasn't, hey, let me pat myself on the back. I, I don't, I've never done that again. I never did it before. But it was like God just said, prove me. Mm. And I'll show you how much I love, love you. And so he saw that somehow in me, because I'm not that lovable of a person or a loving person uh, per se. I tend to want to lecture and be language nerd and those kinds of things. So he, but God used that. And then he became a deacon in the church and uh, yada, yada. They had a tragedy later and I was so glad that he knew him. They lost Ooh. a child and uh, drowned. And so he wouldn't have gotten through it if the Lord hadn't got him when he got him. So I think I think that's that's the way I've been resonating with most of our discussion with that. I just thought of that a few days ago. It's just like him to do that. So if you're listening, if you've if you've kept with us still, <laughs> we really do feel like the Lord has a real encounter for you. 
we really do feel like he wants to show you so deeply that he loves you. This is what it's all about. But wherever your wheels have been turning, maybe uh, you are a student and it's just been horrible. The anxiety level's just been too high for you. Maybe you're a young adult trying to figure out your career and you're thinking, what did I go to school for? Now I've got all this debt or maybe you don't have debt, but you're still kind of feeling like, what, man, what am I supposed to be doing with my life? Maybe you are in a career and you are spinning your wheels doing that. Or maybe you're going from job to job, just trying to sort out your finances, just trying to pay the rent. And, uh, and again, you just, you just feel like you've lost the plot. Maybe you're like Randall, you've come to retirement and, and you're going through a season of disillusionment about, well, now what is my life all about? Do I, do I just pick a new thing? And, uh, and the Lord just, you know, maybe you, there's a woman I, I, I visited in the hospital recently and, uh, she's past retirement and she really wants to be with the Lord. And, uh, and, uh, she, uh, she's just so bored laying in her hospital bed and, uh, uh, maybe you're there too. Maybe, maybe you're just wondering, like, what are, what are these years for? And the Lord has an encounter for you wherever you are right now. And that, here's the problem. It's hard to give God space for encounter. I myself am very good at binging video. I can go through a television series like a champ. I mean, I, if that was a sport, I, I, I'm not a, I wouldn't be the best, but I'm pretty good. I'm pretty good. So we're really good at distracting ourselves. Uh, it could be video. It could be uh, some other addictions that you've got. Some other things that have just been holding you back from allowing yourself to. Would you just decide today not to, to um, feel guilty about those things, but to say, Jesus, I welcome you in to have such an authentic encounter with me that I would really know your love. Just like Randall said to his friend, just, there's an invitation there, Randall, say, say it again. You can, you can give it in a different way. What's the invitation there that you, like you gave it to your friend? Well, ask him to show himself to you and show his love to you. Uh, and I guarantee you, he will do that because he's done that for me. And he loves us enough. He's demonstrated it. He's paid the highest price that he could pay to prove his love for us. And just open your heart and say, I want an encounter with you. And he's not going to let you down. God's not going to let you down. Okay. This year, I promise you, God's not going to let you down. This is a guarantee that we're Randall and John approved. And it's guaranteed that we cannot hold up. That's right. Oh we can't hold it. We, I mean, but God absolutely is good for it. He will not let you down. God is waiting for the opportunity to just show you how much, how much he loves you. That, that for me, there are some practical things, but I wish I could give you now step one and step two. Step three. I mean, there are some practical things. If you are just binging videos, stop. If you're drinking too much, stop. Like a lot. Throw some worship music on something. Put yourself, you can. There are play ways that you can posture yourself to be loved. In the same way that a kid can go and, and get a hug from a parent, or they can not. I mean, there, there's different ways we can posture ourselves. But whether or not you even have the strength for that, I think right now, if you're listening to just say, Lord, would you just, would you just prove your love to me? Would you just show me how much you love me? And he's good for it. This is a God who's good for that promise. Wherever you're at, he's good for it. So come Holy Spirit, even right now. And begin to minister to those. I, I think you already are. I think there are some people that are, may even be feeling um, in a palpable way your love. Right now. Right now. Right now.
You're so good, Lord. I just want, I want to wait one more second. This is always awkward because it's on video. It's not like on first, but I do just want to wait. So the Holy Spirit speak. There are, there are some words that we're going to put up right now and, and screen and uh, folks have been praying this morning. Uh, so th as those are shown up on the screen or on the chat, um, we want you to be able to respond by going to prayer. Um, Prayer.missionvineyard.org is a form you can fill out uh, to request prayer. Or if you're on the feed right now, somebody can respond in prayer to you right now. We can set up a prayer chat with you right there. Uh, I do really feel like there are some folks that just feel like there's, there's like a bombardment for those who have had tinnitus, like this incredulous, just persistent distraction that's horrible. That's just unbearable. Uh, and it, and it, it, it's so distracting that it's just hard to experience any kind of love from the Lord. And I feel like the Lord wants to do something, especially for those people right now. But I've just, they've really tried their best. Maybe it's a medication issue. If you have to take some medication for some issue or, or it's a pain issue. Um, maybe there's, um, I, I just sense that the Lord, he's, he's trying to, I think he just wants to say for those who have, maybe it's kids that are just bombarding. Like there's just too many distractions. There's no way, John, that encounter with that Lord, that kind of conversation that you're talking about with the Lord that could never happen in my life. There's someone like that right now. There's, there's, and you don't even have because of the religious stuff you've been involved in. Even saying that out loud is too difficult. Like you, but you're feeling it in your heart. But saying it out loud, you feel like, oh, that's I couldn't say that. That's I, that's not even in my vocabulary to tell the Lord that I can't, that I couldn't do that. But you're feeling it. The Lord wants to say, I am bigger, stronger. My love is, oh, I don't know. God, what is it? He loves you so much that his love will reach in between all the cracks of that persistent, annoying frustration that you deal with every day. The Lord is that faithful that he, he can. I think this is just an encouragement for just a little bit of faith that his love will reach you. Um, for some of you, it's like old religious noise uh, <laughs> where like you've been in it for so long or maybe you're distracted by it. I think there's a lot of, uh, there's, a, there's a thing out there right now. Um, there's a thing. There's a, <laughs> there is a thing. There's culture. Uh, but folks are, 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 are really taking apart faith and um, decompartmentalizing their faith. And the Lord's saying, I, 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 know, I know you're trying to figure it out. Stop spinning your wheels. Would you just sit down and have an encounter with me? Maybe it's sit down and have an encounter and share your faith with somebody else. Maybe it's, it's, trying to, it's, it's time to let your faith breathe just a little bit so that you, I, I can show you my love from a different perspective. Open your eyes to the way I'm revealing myself in the world instead of in the ways that you've been hardened to in the past. The Lord wants to open up and just let the pores. I see this like opening of the cracks and, and pores breathing out and his love just coming. And I do love the world. I do love you. I do love in a different way than you've ever experienced before. He loves us so much. I think, say the invitation again, Randall. I think it's so powerful. Well, God loves you so much that if you'll just ask him to show your, his love to you, he'll not let you down. His love is boundless. Yeah. And he is not 
uh, in the least wise jealous to withhold that love. He's jealous for you so that he can love you without bounds. Yeah. Without limits. Give him a chance. He won't let you down. Full engagement in life, full engagement in relationships, in finances, in work, in hobbies, in <laughs> mowing your lawn, in taking care of yourself, full engagement begins with God's love. We, if we try to do anything apart from it, we can do absolutely nothing. It's just it, we become dry and hardened and the Lord wants this for each one of you, wherever you're at right now. If you've never experienced his love before, he wants this for you. If you've been a follower of Jesus for a month, he wants this for you. A year, 10 years, 20 years, he wants this for you. Uh, God, he wants everything. He wants to be welcomed into all of life. And so if being fully engaged and how to live fully engaged, we're learning it from the wise men today. We're learning it out of epiphany. We're learning it through Peter and, and his conversation with Jesus. Do you love me? Is Jesus's invitation to be identified by love first, not by activity, to have an encounter, a real encounter that defines us so that we don't spin our wheels on some fruitless, fruitless engagement. God wants so much to love us. Uh, we've taken some real time today, Randall. I think it's worth it. Um, I, 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 there's no way I'm cutting any of all this. So if you've stayed with us again, thank you so much. You may want to share it with somebody. Um, but this is the time. This is the time, the beginning of the year, to, to encounter and invite and have faith for the Lord's love. He loves you. He's died on the cross for you. He's risen from the dead to set you free, to end sin, the power of sin and death in your life and in the world to fill you with the Holy Spirit and send you out with mission and character and fruit that would bless your life. He wants all of this for you. And so we invite you to it. And uh, thank you so much for joining us today. Um, Randall, would you would you bless us as we go? I'd really enjoy if you would just bless anybody who's listening today. Okay. Give them a benediction that, that uh, just meets where the Lord has us today. Yes, Lord, we, we just uh, come to you. We delight in how you love us. And we delight, John and I, in sharing that with everyone that has been listening. Uh, and Lord, uh, we would say, where would we, each of us, all of us, be without you? And, and Lord, we thank you for your grace. We thank you for your mercy. We thank you for your blessing of yourself in our lives. And we thank you for peace. So I just pray that uh, those who are listening would go from this time of watching to experience that grace that we don't get what we deserve for your mercy that opens that doorway for that grace that allows us to get what we don't deserve in your love. And that you would bring us peace in this time. Yes, Lord. That in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, Randall, thanks again for this time. Thanks for having me. Uh, Mission Vineyard, we're looking forward to some weeks ahead where um, uh, there's just less of a, of a COVID uh, spread. We'll be together in more easy ways across the whole spectrum of ministry with kids and in everything. Um, Alpha is coming up uh, February 2nd. This is something that you want to make sure you are um, scheduling yourself for Alpha, 6.30 p.m. St. Paul's Episcopal Church on Grayson is giving us their space for free. This comes with a free meal. They've got a great kids space as well and uh, everything taken care of for you, kids and food and everything. We want you to be there. Make sure you're scheduling it for yourself February 2nd. There will be online option as well, um, 6.30 p.m. starting February 2nd. This is the big ask. We want everybody Wednesday nights to um, surrender this time to experience love with other people. And it's 
what Alpha is, is a great place for, it's a safe place for your friends to ask questions about faith and for you to bring some questions to, honest questions about faith. But Alpha is a safe place for your friends to ask questions about faith. So uh, be thinking about three that you would invite with you to experience Alpha. We'll have food and free child care for them as well. And uh, it's, I'm, I'm looking forward to a great January in preparation for that. And uh, we were supposed to celebrate our servants today, all those who serve in capacities all across the church. We literally had a red carpet ready for you to roll out. We're going to do that another Sunday because you deserve it. So be looking for that servant appreciation Sunday coming up soon at Mission Vineyard. We're going to make sure we really embarrass you all now, celebrate you all really, really well. Have a great week, Mission Vineyard. Continue to connect, prayer.missionvineyard.org if you have any needs or requests. Uh, if you want to start giving, uh, this is a great time at the beginning of the year to begin to decide, I'm going to start tithing. I'm going to start setting aside regular finances towards the church. Give.missionvineyard.org or giving.missionvineyard.org. And uh, you can still give to our One Hope for Kids uh, end of the year gift as well. Uh, that's a, there's an option there to click for mission and then one hope for kids. Thanks for staying with us today. Looking forward to being with you in person next week at 10 a.m. at the Duseum at 2800 Broadway. We'll see you soon. <laughs>